Hello and welcome to the Fall in Love with Your Life podcast. My name is Paulette and I'll be your host for this podcast. Um, In this podcast, I'll be sharing a lot about my personal healing journey over the last three years. Um, From being in a relationship to not in a relationship, from living in the United States to possibly not living in the United States, um, and to really healing my relationship with women and men and um, really feeling safe enough to have a community. And so I'll be sharing about that journey here and I hope that we can connect in some way or another and that you enjoy these episodes. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to part three of my healing journey. I want to be 100% honest and transparent. Um, It's been really hard, actually, to share so much about myself so vulnerably and so open. So I've noticed I've had a lot of resistance to record part three and part four just because I really feel like I'm putting it all out there. And... I've been having a little bit of a vulnerability hangover where I just feel um, a little, um, you know, like I'm just sharing so much of myself, you know, and even though I'm excited to share and these are things I've been talking about and I've been processing and working through for the last two years, now going into three years, um, it's really hard to put it all out there, you know? Like right now I just checked and 69 people have listened to this podcast um, and one, I didn't even think that many people would ever listen. Like when I shared, I really thought, you know, I'd have a couple of people listening, you know, one or two or three. Um And as the number goes up, there's this part of my ego that's like, yes, people are listening, right? But there's this other part of just me that's like, if I feel this uh, hole or this gut-wrenching feeling in my stomach, like people are listening. And like, it's, uh, it's interesting to just sit with that. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you if you're one of the people who have listened And um, I really hope that um, as I transition into what I'm sharing from my healing journey to um, more about creating your reality and falling in love with your life, that you also feel comfortable just being a little bit more open with yourself, right? Like at first, I had to start being honest with myself about these things, about my journey or my relationship with my mom, with my dad, with my, in my previous relationships with myself, with friends, with family, like really looking at all of that has not been easy. So if you're listening and you don't even know where to start or you don't even know how to start being honest with yourself, like it's okay. Like there's really no rush to starting to look at yourself and starting your healing journey. Um, I used to be in a really big rush to just heal everything because I thought I needed to be fixed. And the truth is, 
that you are already worthy. You are already everything that you need to be. Um, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to look at your stuff. You don't need to heal. You don't need to do anything to be better. Like the whole purpose of healing yourself and looking at these things is not to just turn around and point the fingers at everybody, right? It's really to turn around and be able to see yourself as worthy, as good enough, as already everything you need to be and more. And to really look at why you don't already believe that, right? And it comes from the way we were raised, our culture, our society. Like, it's not just our parents' fault. And, um, you know, I think that's a really big thing where I used to feel really guilty to look at what my mom and my dad did. I used to think, you know, like they did the best they could and they really did. I still truly believe that. And... There's space for both. There's space for looking at all of the things my parents did for me, the way they showed up. The, they did the best they could. And they also made mistakes. And they didn't know any better. And they hurt me. And they made me believe that I wasn't good enough. Um, and that's okay too, right? Like, they projected all of the stuff of them not feeling good enough onto me. And so that's why it was really important for me to also talk about um, my immigration trauma and um, my money trauma. I think I'm going to sort of combine the two here. I'll decide at the end based on how this flows. Um, but, you know, the truth is like, it wasn't just them and it wasn't their fault and um you know at least for my case with my parents i know that they tried the best they could and yes they could have done better but at the end of the day we, i can't go back we can't go back and in time and change that the only thing we can do now is heal and move forward and really be able to see our parents as worthy as well like the more I see myself as worthy already, like right now, the more I'm able to see my mom and my dad, my sister, like as already worthy because they also haven't seen themselves as worthy. And so when you think about healing, like you're not just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your parents and your um, grandparents, your great grandparents, like it's all this whole thing where we get to choose differently and then raise you know like the next generation or even just now like me seeing my mom as worthy you know like we don't fight as much because I'm no longer needing her to be someone she's not like I don't need her to change I don't need her to be anyone different I don't need my dad to be anyone by himself either and I'm also still hurt and triggered and upset and still working through some things so as I work through them I'm able to see them as worthy and good enough because I no longer need them to validate me and to be the ones to tell me I'm worthy like I did when I was a little girl you know when I was a five six seven year old I did believe that I wasn't worthy because that's what they um made me believe um 
with their actions and their words and their stress and, and so forth. So in this episode, I'll be talking primarily about growing up as an immigrant. And I actually looked up um, what immigration trauma was because I actually didn't even know how much there was around this topic. Um, but in, on Google, if you, if you look up immigration trauma... It is a complete loss of identity and familiarity, and immigrants are often left without the proper tools or resources to help them cope in a new environment. So that's kind of like the lens I'll be talking about this through. And so I'll share some history, and then I'll share um, what that immigration trauma looked like for me. And so what I really realized is that I wasn't only being told I wasn't good enough by my mom or dad. I was being told I wasn't good enough by society um, because I was an immigrant and also just regularly, right? Like, even if you're not an immigrant, like, um, but maybe you're not, your parents aren't from here, right? Like, I just, to just be open-minded to look at some ways that maybe this is something that you bought into as well but I'll just go ahead and get started um, with a little bit of history so my parents brought me here when I was two years old I was born in Mexico and I basically grew up here right I've only been to Mexico um, a couple of times um, that I remember Um, and it was only really like nearby close to the border it's called Ensenada Um, Aside from that, like, I really do not have any idea what Mexico looks like. I've never been there, like, fully, like, as an adult. Um, I'm not actually allowed to go there. Um, So, anyways, I grew up here from two years old. I went to school here. I was raised here. And everything seemed okay, right? Like, from when I started school up until I was 18 and graduated high school, like, I didn't even really feel like I wasn't born here because... Um, I was able to do everything that a normal kid would be able to do. I was able to go to school. I was able to join sports. I was able to participate. I was able to do pretty much everything. And so I didn't even really understand what it was, what it meant to not be born here. Um, and like the impact of being an immigrant until I graduated from high school And the only thing I knew is that I couldn't travel. I couldn't leave the United States, but I didn't really have a reason to leave. Like, I really thought being here was what I wanted. And I knew that at some point I wanted to travel. And I guess when you're an immigrant, you somehow buy into the idea that, you know, you'll be able to do it someday, right? It's like, yeah, I'm not allowed to travel right now, but all I have to do is get married and get my papers and everything will be fine and so I always knew I wanted to travel I even got a little tattoo on my ankle when I was 18 of a little map because I really wanted to travel and then a little dove and it's always something that was in my heart and I just thought it was gonna work out like that's what I thought and I never even took a look at how being an immigrant affected me until the last two years when I was going through my healing journey and I realized how much um, I had bought into this misunderstanding that 
because I wasn't born here, then I wasn't good enough. And also how much I had to give away my power to um, being in relationships. Like I knew that I had to get married in order to get my papers. And I knew that I didn't want to do it illegally. I didn't want to like have to get married to someone that I wasn't in love with just to get my papers. I knew I wanted to do it the right way, like actually get married with and actually be in love and all of the things. Um, so I realized that some part of me just always thought like I had to have, I had to be in a relationship and that was the only way I could get the freedom that I really wanted. And so my um, idea of freedom was always attached to being in a relationship even though I had this competing desire to never be in a relationship, to never depend on a man. Like I remember seeing um, my parents be in relationships, right? And I don't want to share too much about their own experiences, but being in relationships with people that they weren't really in love with um, or they had to depend on you know, my sister, I saw my mom needing to depend on another person to be able to get by and be able to to move on in life, right? Like she was a single mom working two jobs and she always also thought that she needed to be with a man in order to be able to pay for the bills, right? Like it's hard to be a single mom and now I get it now that I'm older, right? But when I was younger it would infuriate me to see my mom needing to depend on a man for money. So when I was 13, 14, I remember just promising myself, like, I will never, ever need to depend on a man in order to um, pay for my bills, pay for my rent, pay for anything. Like, I never want to depend on a man. So... I had this like these two parts of me, one part of me that felt like there's I need a man and then another part of me that was like, I don't want to need a man, but I couldn't see how I couldn't need a man, right? Like one thing about this whole immigration thing that was really hard for me to make peace with was that I had to get married to someone, right? And I know this applies to men too, so I think that must be even harder, right? Um, To need to depend on a woman to marry you. Um, But anyways, my experience is like needing to marry a man. And so I, and the reason I share that is because a lot of my dating um, came from that energy. Like, I need you, but I don't need you. And so... That just looked like me needing to control the situation. Like, I'll only need a man if they fit, well, you know, like this box. And it was very unconscious. So I'm still, like, um, learning to decondition this part of me. And I think I've I've really made peace with it um, over the last year. And I'll go into that a little bit more. Um... But I just want to rewind a little bit and go back to the context of like growing up here, going to school, you know, like I thought all I needed was to get good grades, to be able to have this successful career. I used to want to be a lawyer or have my own business or whatever. 
Like I knew that if I got my education and I got the good grades and I got a good job, then I wouldn't necessarily need to depend on a man financially. Um, but I was still really triggered and upset that I had to depend on them to be able to travel and to have this life that I really wanted. Um, so when I was in high school, I remember just, I started dating, um, and being in serious relationships. Like I was just always seeking a relationship. I was always seeking someone to rescue me, right? Literally rescue me from not being born here, marrying me letting me you know allowing me to get my papers and so forth and because of that I um aside from putting up with things because of you know my my dad telling me to not be too much and me thinking I couldn't be too much because I was depending on men for this you know this thing that I needed um it was also partly me allowing things and and not standing up for myself and not speaking up and not ending relationships that were no longer aligned with me when I already knew they were no longer aligned with me because I was so afraid that if I didn't get married, I wouldn't get my papers. And so I didn't even know I was consciously doing this. I mean, unconsciously doing this until... Uh, recently, <laughs> um, when I had to start looking at all the ways in which I was giving my power away and really being able to take my power back meant me being okay with never getting my papers if it meant that I would have to not speak my truth. Um, I was no longer available for that, which was really scary for me to truly accept because me not getting my papers meant me not traveling or me leaving and never being able to come back. Um, so it, it was really scary for me to think like, if I'm not willing to be in relationships that are not aligned with me, which meant that I would have to let go of relationships that weren't aligned with my truth and my truth was that I wanted to travel I wanted to see the world I want to I this is currently my truth that I want to see the world I don't know if I want a family like as of right now um being a mother is not aligned with me it's not something that's in my heart it's not something that I want and for a long time I felt guilty about that I felt guilty because the men that I dated wanted that and I thought I had to want that so that I could also get what I want like I thought I had to compromise my truth and become a mom so that I could actually live my reality but it just never sat well with me and it was always because you know, my mom had me at a really young age. She had me when she was 18 and it was hard for her to be a mom. And when I was little, she would share things with me that made me feel like she actually didn't want me. And of course, you know, like she had her reasons and this isn't to say anything bad about my mom. The truth is that it was hard. The truth is that having a kid 
is expensive and being in a new country like I can only imagine her right like being in a country where you're an immigrant and it's so hard to get a job and it's so hard to um you know live here like I remember my mom you know needing help with me um translating documents like I was in kindergarten and I would have to fill up fill out my emergency card and all my paperwork like I had to grow up really fast because I learned to speak English and my mom knew very little English she only knew a little bit of English so I had to grow up fast so that I could help her and you know I just had to grow up really fast because um, my mom didn't really understand English and I had to be the one to tell her what things meant and tell her how to do things and help her because there was nobody else to help her um, so of course it was hard and I could see that, you know, a part of her wondered or wished for, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but what it was, but I could feel her energy that, you know, she just felt like it's already so hard to be here, to be alive, to make ends meet, to survive, let alone have to think about another little tiny human being. And so I always felt that energy that she wished or wondered what it would be like to not have me around and it wasn't and I took that I took that personally as a little girl and thought that meant that I wasn't good enough but in reality it was just really hard to live like that to be to have to um, provide for another human being you know like thinking about just all the stress that you have to deal with when you're an immigrant and you're trying to provide you know like this better future and life for your children and you're in a country that is constantly telling you that you're not good enough right because you're not from here because you're not educated because you don't speak english because you simply weren't born here and you came to a country that doesn't accept you right and i didn't feel the the that i didn't get i didn't have to experience that thanks to my mom right because she always figured it out she always had a roof over our head she always had food on our table like i never was you know we didn't grow up with a lot of money but there was always a roof over my head there was always food on my table and i didn't think i was gonna get emotional <laughs> sharing this but um you know, now growing up and moving out on my own and having to pay for my rent, pay for my food, pay for all of my things. Um, you know, I have the privilege of, of being educated, right? Like thanks to my mom coming here and all of these things, like and her pushing me and and making sure that I was always on top of my stuff. And, and even though it was quote unquote, I want to say like the word toxic I don't even know if that's the right word but even though maybe she said it the way that she she drilled that message into my head wasn't the most loving you know she was genuinely scared for me and she just wanted the best for me and she thought you know all you have to do is go to school get good grades get married and you're gonna be fine you're not gonna have to deal with all the things I had to deal with and so I saw my mom 
get up early, you know, like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., go to work, come home super tired after like working two jobs, getting home like at six o'clock, being so tired, finding a way to put food on our table and then finding a way to also be happy, right? Um, so I grew up watching my mom live through that but I didn't know what it actually felt like until I turned 18 and I actually got to see what it was like to be an immigrant here because like I said up until that age it I didn't it didn't really impact me I didn't have to work and I did work I was able to work at the swap meet and you know make money I was able to make cash and figure out how to pay for the things that were extra that my mom couldn't afford i remember i used to work for this tiny little company i don't even know if it was what it was but um they would basically pick you up pick up all these kids and your parents would have to sign a waiver and then they would drop you off at a gas station with a box full of uh like one dollar candy boxes like chocolate and like these i forgot what they were they're just a bunch of candies that we would have to sell for $10, right? And I didn't care. Like, I would find any way to make money so I could pay for my sports. Like, I would have to pay for soccer and drill team and cheerleading. Like, I would have to figure out a way to pay for all of those things. And I always found a way. Like, there wasn't ever anything really standing in the way of me making money and working and going to school and all the things. And I knew that once I graduated from high school I'd be able to go to college I was going to become a lawyer I was going to make all this money I would be able to take care of my mom and my dad and everybody like so much I felt like so much pressure was on me to become everything that my parents came to this country for which was for me to get a better education so that I could take care of my family and um so when i graduated from high school that's when this reality really um set settled for me because when i graduated i had already applied to the schools i wanted to i wanted to become a lawyer i got accepted to um uc santa barbara which had a really amazing political science program so my intention was to go there study political science and then become a lawyer that's what my parents wanted me to become um but then i also wasn't really sure about becoming a lawyer because when i was in in during my senior year when i was um looking into this career you know like i started really seeing all the different types of laws that there were and a part of me was scared to become a lawyer because I didn't want to have to lie. And um, one of my professors told me that um, you technically, I mean, that's what you're signing up for when you're a lawyer, right? Like you're defending people. And sometimes you do have to find a way to make the truth look like your client is innocent or whatever point is there was a part of me that was like I'm not sure if I want to be a lawyer but that's the route I was taking anyway because I thought that was the only way I could gain this 
financial freedom to be able to take care of my family. So what happened instead was that when I applied, I had already accepted to go there. My parents had taken me to an orientation. Everything was set to go up until it came time to pay for it. So I remember being in the counselor's office. Everybody is signing up for FAFSA and I'm on the FAFSA website and it asks for your social security number, right? And I go to my counselor's office and I tell him I don't have a social security number. So what do I need to do? Thinking, you know, so innocently because no one ever explained to me that I wouldn't be able to pay for college. I wouldn't get any financial aid. I wasn't qualified because I wasn't born here. My parents had no idea. You know, no one ever told me this. They just told me, get good grades, apply for college, and everything will take care of itself. So I'm here trying to apply for FAFSA so that I can go to school. And my counselor says, you're not allowed to apply for FAFSA because you weren't born here. And I remember um, just thinking, okay, then what do I need to do to be able to pay for school? You know, like it didn't really click at the moment. Like I was just like, okay, then how do we fix this? You know, like I have good grades. That's what everyone told me I needed to do. So what do I need to do to be able to go to school? And there were these options where you could apply for scholarships and um, other ways to pay, but they required so much paperwork that my parents were not able to provide for me because one, they were scared to give me any information because they thought that meant that they could get in trouble or get deported or just all the things. And so up until that time, I never really needed anything from my parents. Um, so all of the, there were scholarships that even if they were scholarships for um, students that weren't born here, they had these qualifications like you had to um, prove that you earned X amount and you had to provide all this paperwork. And so it just got really complicated and it was also already too late. Um, and a lot of scholarships also were only for students who were for people who were born here um which was ironic to me because a lot of these scholarships were for immigrants but you could only apply for the scholarships if you were like if you were a resident already or had a green card or some sort of whatever um so the point is um i couldn't go i basically was not allowed to go um, I called UC Santa Barbara and asked if there was anything they could do, um, if they had any options for me. And basically it was just no, 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 no. Basically anywhere I went, it was, the answer was no, you weren't born here. You basically, even if you got these good grades, you're a straight A student, you are top 10% in your class, like it just doesn't matter. You aren't eligible for financial aid. And at the time, it was $25,000 to go to college. And my parents had no idea that's how expensive it was. Um, so for a moment, I didn't know what to do except to not go to school. Like, 
I hadn't applied to any schools in this area, so I applied for community college, and then I decided to just work and save up to be able to go to a CSU. If I went to CSUN, which I hadn't applied to go to because one, I didn't want to stay here, I wanted to leave, and two, because they that was I I wanted to study to become a lawyer and at CSUN they are known for their business management program and their music department so neither of the two I was interested in um but I knew that if I went to CSUN I could at least get a business management degree and become an entrepreneur that's what I had in mind and it was only seven thousand dollars to go there so I decided to work as much as I could, not go to school for one year. I took a year off so I could save up the $7,000 I needed to go to school. Um, and in that year, um, there was so many transitions happening. That's the year that Obama introduced DACA, which is basically um, as long as you're going to school or you apply to be in the military, you get a work permit for two years. You have to pass a background check and you have to be in good standing in order to be able to get approved for that. You have to show proof that you're going to school or you're in the military. Um, so I just I, I was able to take advantage of that afterwards. But when I initially when I first graduated, that hadn't taken effect. So I couldn't get a driver's license. I couldn't get a legal job where I could, you know, uh, I, because I needed a social security number. All I could really get was anything where I had to work cash. And so that year, I remember, I just felt like the whole world was telling me that I wasn't good enough because I had worked so hard. I had prioritized school. I had done everything and anything I had to do to be able to um, do what my parents told me to do, which was go to school and, you know, get this career and all these things. And then I was being told I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to be a part of society because I wasn't born here. But I also didn't know what I could do in my country. You know, I just felt like the world was against me. Um, and at the time I didn't know how to cope with all of this so I just got really angry I was really triggered I was mad at my mom I was mad at my dad for not telling me and they were upset with me because they thought I was dropping out of school they thought I and I was in a relationship at the time so my parents thought I was dropping out of school to be with my boyfriend that I was going to get pregnant and that I was going to basically throw my life away for a guy that's what they told me right like they literally thought that because they didn't understand why I couldn't go to college like they didn't understand anything and so they really thought that I was dropping out of school and just throwing my life away um so I just felt like I had no one to talk to no one had answers for me no one could help me um and so luckily I was able to get a job and then a few months later, the whole thing with Obama passed. So I was actually able to apply to um, get a work permit. And I was approved. I had my background check done. And then a year later, I was able to go to school. 
um, and get financial aid for four years. Um, but I was still really triggered. I was still really mad. I was still really upset. And I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life anymore because there was a part of me that felt like no matter how hard I worked, there was no guarantee that it was going to work out. Every two years, I had to apply to renew my 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 um, work permit. And it was, you know, you're hanging on by a thread because you don't know if you're going to get approved. Like, chances are you are. And people say, you know, one of the most triggering things you can hear when you're going through this is it's all going to work out because that's what I was told my whole life. And then come the year I graduate, it doesn't all work out. It doesn't work out the way that people say, said it will. It would. So I hated being told it's all going to work out because that wasn't my truth. And I felt like no one understood me because no one else was really going through what I was going through. I knew a lot of people who um, their parents weren't born here, but they were born here. There were only two other cousins of mine who weren't born here and were kind of going through the same situation as me. But for the most part, everyone around me was a second generation immigrant. Like they were born here and raised here. And I was not, I wasn't born here. So at this time I had already, um, Right around this time is when that relationship that I was in from high school till a little bit after high school ended and I was in school and I was working full time. Um, I was working at a at a job where I had to work um, morning, evening or overnight shifts. I was burning myself out thinking I would always need to make sure I had enough money to pay for school in case I didn't get financial aid. So I was working so much and all I wanted to do was work, 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 work because I felt like that was the only way that I could be safe and that I could make sure that I could get myself through college because I needed to. I needed to go to college in order to get a work permit. Like there wasn't an option not to go to school if I wanted to have my work permit. So I just went to school and I remember just barely getting by like in high school, it was really easy to get good grades and, you know, tell your teachers like, oh, can I turn this in tomorrow? Like there was so much lenient um, leniency like they you could just pretty much get away with anything, at least in my high school, which wasn't a good thing because then I went to college and there was this reality check where I wasn't allowed to um like barely get by and have all these excuses to go to like to turn in my assignments and so it was really hard for me to learn how to juggle school and work and then finally having the freedom to do whatever I wanted and after getting out of a relationship and dealing with all of that and dealing with so many other family things like I just felt like from age 18 like graduating high school up until probably about age 22 like I just couldn't win like I just felt like life was against me in all ways and things seemed to be improving because I was able to get my work permit and I was able to get a job and I was able to go to school but at the same time I had all this anger and I was so frustrated because 
I just felt like I didn't have control or a say in my future. And no matter what I did, there was this, um, there was this, uh, thing kind of hanging over my head, like about me, not from me not being born here. So I figured, you know, the only way I can get out of this is if I get married. And that means I have to give up on my dreams to travel and have the life I really want. Like it just didn't feel like I could have what I wanted. I had to do it the way that I was told, which was to get married and have kids and settle down so that I could stay here legally and I wouldn't really have to worry about that situation. Um, So just being in college and... Like, I almost got kicked out of college my first year, I think, from just working so much and going out too much and just not, not, not knowing how to handle all of this, all of these new responsibilities that I had. Um, so after that, I realized I had to get, I had to get it together. There wasn't an option to not graduate because if I didn't graduate, then I would lose my work permit. So... I had to change and I had to become more responsible and figure out how to pass all my classes and still get good grades so that I could get this degree. Um, So I did. And then I got into a relationship and I figured like I have to make this work in order for me to be safe. And I didn't even realize that was such a big thing for me because again, I didn't... You know, it was just like given, like it was just, this is what you do. You need to get married so that you can get your papers. Like there wasn't any other option that was presented to me. So even though I knew that my truth was that I wanted to travel and I wanted to leave the country and I wanted to do all these things, it wasn't an option for me. And so... I didn't know that I was always trying to keep myself safe from this um, whole immigration thing, this whole thing where, and then Trump won during uh, my time in college. So when he won, he was going to take away DACA, right? So I, he won in 2016, I think, and I graduated in 2017. So... At this time, I was already in a relationship. We were talking about getting married. Like, obviously, I've been up front in all of my relationships. I'm not born here. I need to get married. And so anybody who considered being in a serious relationship with me was aware of this. And so there was always this rush of, like, we need to rush this relationship because I need this thing for me to stay here. And when Trump won, it just turned that up a notch because Trump was um, saying he was going to remove it and every couple of months like he would remove it and then it would get overruled by the court so that whole year that whole time those four years it was really hard to watch the news and you know be told that 
we don't belong here and even if we go to school and even if we're working like we're not allowed to be here and they had all of our you know when when you apply for DACA they have all of your information on file they know where you live they have your fingerprints they have your address they have everything about you so if they really wanted to turn around and start deporting everyone they knew where you lived they knew where to find you so it was just a really scary time and that was when I had just graduated so I really had to start taking a look at what would I do if I get deported so I had to decide between working saving money paying off all my credit card debt that I had accumulated while I was in college um all the debt I had accumulated or to start saving up because I might get kicked out and deported at any time now because they have all of my information. And so I decided to do that instead. I decided to forget about all my credit card debt and just focus on saving up as much as I could in case I got deported, which I really thought was going to happen um, really soon, like within those four years. And so I really felt like I was on this um, roller coaster. Like one day it was over by the court, the next day it was happening again. It was just always swinging back and forth. And so I even, we, my previous partner and I talked to lawyers, tried to figure out how we can get married, trying to figure out how to, like for me to be able to fix my papers and so forth. And Trump had removed all of the loopholes. So it was just looking like, you know, there was no room for me to be here anymore. Like I was so, um, I was fed this idea that I had to live here to live this American dream. And like, there was no other option, but, but to give all my power away to a government and a person, like a, a relationship, I had to be willing to bend over backwards and, um, you know, I had to, I couldn't really speak my truth. There was no room for me to speak my truth, to live my truth, because so much of my safety was depending on others. And for someone like me who likes to have control, you know, there was so much of me that tried to control the outcomes, try to control the future. That's why I was doing everything right. That's why I got good grades. That's why I never got in trouble in school like people thought I was super uptight when I was in high school because I never got in trouble like you would never find me ditching school you would never find me drinking or smoking or doing anything that could get me in any kind of trouble I was a goody two-shoes and I knew that I couldn't get in trouble because if I got in trouble it could mean getting deported and so I was always trying to be this good girl, trying to be good enough for my mom, for my dad. And then for, you know, just because I wasn't born here, like there was always this part of me that was like, I'm not good enough. So I have to do these things to be good enough. So when that happened, you know, when Trump won, like in those years, I really started to have to sit with like, okay, what if I leave, right? What if this is an option? Like, what are my options? Like, if I get deported tomorrow, what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? What am I, what, how am I going to be able to still take care of my parents and be able to help them? 
Um, and it didn't seem like there were any options available for that because I didn't know anyone else who had done it. I didn't know what it meant to be deported. And um, the narrative around going back to my own country, right? My place of birth was that it's dangerous, right? If you look at the news, if you look at, you know, all these things about Mexico, Trump talking about people from Mexico, it's like that we're not um, good people, right? That Mexico is not a good place to be, that it's not safe to go back there. So it just feels like you have nowhere to go and nowhere to really be like what are your options you go back to your country and it's supposed to be this scary place where it's dangerous and you can get shot and killed and and murdered and raped and um um like kidnapped for money right and so i was just left feeling so helpless because then i was also you know in a relationship where things weren't going great and we were having to rush things and having to force things because my safety was on the line and so I didn't realize how much of my decision making process was coming from this lack of safety of feeling like this has to work because if it doesn't like I don't know what I'm going to do with my life and you know I now I see that it's not healthy right to look at a relationship from that standpoint like a relationship should be good on its own without the added pressure of like oh shit this person is depending on me because this person is not born here and if we can't make it work like this person will get deported or won't be able to be safe and so I really had to start looking at how I could take my power back which is when I decided that I was no longer available for living in that kind of fear or living from that reality. So I started to take a look at what were actually my options. I started to look at people who were um, creating their own reality and living in other countries and traveling. And I found women who are traveling. I found this podcast of this girl who travels and she's able to live from different places, live in different places. And it's really affordable and how can I work online and how can I um make money without a social security right like so many things had to shift where I couldn't even see what was possible but starting to see that you know America is not the only place to live this isn't the only place where I can be um financially successful or have money or make money and you actually don't even need as much money as you need here in the United States so when I started to look at other options I started to get my power back I started to really be in my power like what are these other options where can I live where is it safe so for example one of the places where I could apply to live legally is in Canada because of DACA, like when the whole thing with Trump was happening, Canada announced that they were willing or they were available to accept people with DACA in Canada because they want people who are already educated, who already went to school, etc. And we've already done that. That's part of the qualifications for DACA here in the United States. So they're, 
uh, um, available to accept applications for us to live there legally, to enter legally. And I started to see, wow, it's actually possible to live somewhere else where I am accepted. I am good enough. And, you know, like I'm not treated as this less than person. Um, and so I decided that I was going to leave, to leave the country and figure out another way to live because here in the United States, we're fed these lies that we're not good enough because we can't, because we weren't born here, because we're not contributing to society, even though we are. And it's like, you're just never good enough. Like there isn't, my mom has been waiting, right? For 27 years or 25, because I'm 27. We came when I was two. She's been waiting for 25 years for some miracle to happen, right? For some way for her to be um, legally here, not have to live with that fear of filling out paperwork where you're not sure if you're allowed to say certain things or you're just scared to drive to a different state. And so just all these things that when I say I'm leaving and I want to leave, right? This is my truth. It's for more than wanting to travel. It's to figure out this new way of living where you don't give your power away to a country that doesn't want you here and doesn't accept you and doesn't see you as worthy because you came to give your family a better life and they just treat you like you're not good enough, right? And so that has been my journey with immigration and the whole journey with me taking my power back and I no longer am waiting for any person to rescue me through marriage by marrying me so I could get my papers like I'm no longer available for that option and that was a way for me to take my power back and know that I can create my reality anywhere and of course I haven't figured that part out I'm still figuring it out how can I make money outside of the United States how can I still have a sustainable living how can I still figure out how to help my parents and all of that but it really had to start with me waking up to the truth that this place, the United States, is not the only place to live. We've been lied to and told that, you know, like we have to live here. We have to give our power away to this country. But the truth is there are so many other places to live, including Mexico. And of course, it's easy to say from not experiencing it, which is why I feel like I have to go and experience it and actually live it and actually do it so that I can show other people who are waiting at the border, you know, to barely be let in here, who are being treated like animals because they were, you know, because they're trying to do something better for their families because they think this place is the only place that you can do that. And the only way that I can prove it to myself and to others and to show people there's another way where you get to be worthy and and in control of your future without having to come and beg a country to let you in and to let you stay and to let you feed your family, that there's another way. But I don't know anyone else doing it. And so this has just been in my heart to do it for myself, right? Like I have the, I have what I need to do it. I have figured out how to at least get by and I'll be sharing all about that journey. But it was really, it had to start with me seeing that the United States 
the president, the government, all of it, they don't get to decide how worthy I am. They don't get to decide my future and my life and who I have to marry and not marry and all of these things in order for me to be treated like a normal person. I get to take my power back and I get to create this reality because there are people living in other countries and other states that are living just fine, right? But there's this lie that we've been told that the United States is the only way and you know maybe it is right maybe I can't figure out how to make it happen somewhere else but I really believe in my heart that I will especially with how the world is changing today you can make money on the internet you don't need to live somewhere (laughs) to open up a store or to offer your services like if you have access to internet there are infinite ways to make money and it has to start we have to start by starting to live this new reality where you create um, your services and you offer them and you can live anywhere and you no longer need to right maybe in the past when my parents came that was the only way and so I don't blame them or anything and I know that they they did it to offer me a better future but there has to be another way and me experiencing this and not being born here was my gift to now be able to search for another way where I'm not depending on a government who needs to be convinced of how worthy we are because we went to school or because we worked in the army like we don't get to just be normal people we have to prove our worth somehow and it just doesn't have to be that way. I mean, at least I hope so. Um, and that's what I hope to um, prove to myself and to others that there are other ways where you get to take your power back and no longer live in fear, giving away your power, right? Or having to work in places where because you're an immigrant, they treat you a certain way or they don't treat you right. You don't have the same rights. And even though there are people who are helping those people, it people can't speak up because you're scared like it's better to have a job than to not have a job it's better to be able to pay for your bills and put food on your table than to not and so even if there are ways to help immigrants and so forth like it's really scary to ask for help when you're not born here because you're afraid that speaking up will mean that you're not going to be safe anymore because you can get deported for speaking up or that's the fear that you carry and um it's just not the truth right like we are all worthy and I just think that this is something I have to do um, not just for myself but for so many other people who are experiencing the same thing and we just don't know any other way so it's time to figure out another way right and to pave a new way and to show people there's a different way and so that's why I'm sharing this because I've experienced it, right? If I hadn't experienced it, if I wasn't an immigrant myself, I wouldn't even know what this feels like truly. Um, And now I just want to show myself and others that there's another way. So thank you if you listened. Um, I didn't really get a chance to talk about money so much on this episode, so I might add it in the next one. Um, But... um, Yeah, I hope that you can relate to some part of this and you can see that 
you know, you get to take your power back even when the world is telling you you're not good enough because of X, Y, Z. Um, and you get to decide what you create and how you create it. And, um, you know, like it is possible to take your power back and to choose differently and to wake up to the truth that you are worthy always, 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 always. Um, so thank you and goodbye.